I don't know if that's a satanic attack, but it feels like one. All right, can you hear me, everybody? Okay, great, 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 great. Hey, church family, how you guys doing? Awesome. I love you guys. So, is it up there? Yeah, there it is. How-to. This is a how-to today. How-to tutorial. Everybody excited about a how-to? <laughs> oh, yeah, great, John. What are you going to do? So, I've been thinking about this for quite some time. This, uh, the subject of discipleship is, is behind here has been on my heart for, for many, many years. Um, and, and I've come here, and of course, uh, we disciple based on what I'm going to tell you guys for the next four hours. Mike, four hours okay? Okay, cool. We broke the clock for that. I saw that. Tyson's, hey, you'll be, you'll be so happy. You don't have any time to keep. Oh, great, great. Steve's going, oh, great. Why do I let that guy on the stage? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, but Steve talked about milk and meat last week. And who was here for that? Oh, good. You guys are, we have a, we all have a little bit of, of knowledge in that. And I want to do both. I'm going to give you a little bit of milk this morning. But I think we need to choose some meat as well on discipleship. We do it well in this church. I think we could do it better. Um, we, always, we always want to improve. So we're going to talk about what discipleship is, what Jesus thinks it is. I think that's more important than what I think it is. Uh, and then we're going to look at how to do that. You know, how are we doing it right now? And, and how can we do it in the future? And, and what would God want us to do? Which is really important. Okay. But first, the milk. Here's the milk part. Right? So that's, this is the stuff that's thin and easy to, to digest. Okay? It starts with love. Now, I lost all the guys here. You guys are oh, not love again. Oh. oh, Paul's still with me. He loves me. So everybody go to John 15, 12 real quick. And while you're turning there, I want to show you what's important to Jesus Christ. I think it's really important for us to know that. Because if we know what's important to Jesus Christ... We're going to do it, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but anybody here besides me love Jesus Christ? Okay, okay. That's kind of on the spot, because if you don't raise your hand, the guy next to you goes, really? What's wrong with you? So God says this. Jesus says this. Verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Okay? Uh... Pastor Steve said, go ahead, preach today. Okay, great, cool. So I, I thought, okay, I opened my book that he gave me, How to Be a Pastor. And the first thing it said was, look up the Greek. Hey, I'm a Greek scholar. So there's actually two loves in here, but our language doesn't translate very well, love, because we just, we love everything, right? Well, Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love. Well, that love is a verb, an action word, right? It's a, a make sure I got my notes right. Agapeo, love, do, go, go love, love that person, love that person, love, right? So, so God's asking us, love one another that I have loved you. So if he's loved us, then he wants us to love one another, just like that. Easy peasy, right? The next one, greater love has, has no one than this, no other than this, greater love. That love is a noun. It's a feminine noun. Agape. How many of you guys ever heard agape before, right? It's a pretty frequent, frequent word in the Bible. That word 
is an interesting one. It means affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, and brotherly love. The verb means to welcome, to entertain, to, fond, to be fond of, to love dearly. Right? If we look at these two words, notice how the definitions escalate. We go from affection, goodwill, benevolence. What does that word mean? <laughs> means love, a lot of love, right? Means brotherly love, like you'd love your brother or your sister, somebody close to you. It increases. The verb is kind of neat because it says to welcome. Hey, everybody, welcome to church. I love you. But then it increases to entertain. I'm not going to entertain you guys. Uh, I would like to juggle, but I don't know how. To be fond of, or I'm sorry, yeah, to be fond of. So I'm welcoming, but then my love grows as I do it. The verb grows, right? The, 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 the definition should grow. And then love dearly. We go from, hey, welcome, to I love you so much that I would do anything for you. And Jesus says that someone laid down his or her life for that person. So what kind of love do you think Jesus wants us to have? The kind of love that we're going to lay down our life. Now, for those of you who've never heard a shot fired in anger, um, when you do hear that shot and it's directed at you, uh, you have two choices. Fire back and defend or sink down in the foxhole and get, get really tiny small. And really you won't know what that looks like or what, how you're going to respond until you hear that shot in anger. Having heard a few shots and fired at me in anger, uh, I, know how to, I know how I'm going to respond. But nobody else, unless you've heard that or have been a part of that, you won't know how to, how to do that. Uh, or you, don't, you, don't, you won't know how you're going to respond. I say that because Jesus is asking us to love so greatly that we're going to fire back. We're going to love harder. We're going to love to defend. We're going to love to lay our lives. We're going we're gonna to forsake our lives and go forward. For those of you who have been in combat, you know exactly what that means. And, and you can feel that. For those of you who watch war pictures and war movies, you can, you can get an idea, right? But then God, Jesus answers further, and he says, Jesus answered. This is uh, Mark 12, 29. If you want to turn there, go ahead, but I'll read the whole thing to you anyway. Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel. He's talking about commandments. Uh, a gentleman walked up to him and said, what's the greatest commandments? And Jesus responds, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second one is this. And Jesus said is equal. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So what do you think is important to Jesus Christ? Love. More importantly, loving one another, loving God with everything that we are. Matter of fact, Jesus here says, love your neighbor as yourself. Absolutely put yourself in that person and pour out in them everything you have. That's what Jesus is asking for us. 1 John 4.21 goes a little bit further. And this commandment we have from you, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So again, I want to open up what does Jesus Christ think is important? 
remember, Jesus was God, is God, right? He was a man. He is God. And he, he's got a lot of stuff to think about. And there, he could mention anything, you guys, but what does he mention? He mentions love, service, loving one another, loving God with everything we are, everything we have. And I'd ask you guys, do we do that? Don't answer. Please don't answer. Don't, don't incriminate. Do we do that? And if so, why do we do that? That's a weird question. Why do we love God? So you might be thinking, because he loved me. That's a good answer. So might, some of you are thinking, because i got nothing better to do with my Sundays? No, none of you guys are doing that, right? Okay, maybe one, but we won't talk to that person. <laughs> Thank you, Becca. So everybody go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to steal Steve's thunder yet. I'm just going to go over this a little bit. because <laughs> We'll forget that long before we get there from Steve's, but that's okay. Because it's further defined, love is further defined through this verse, verse 4. So we'll start in verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. You know how you have to be patient? In order to see patience, you know what you have to see in order to see patience? Impatience. What do you have to see when you see kindness? Hate. Right? You always have... The, the, the opposite of these words is true, and it amplifies what God's asking us to see. Love is patient. That means there's things hurrying us, falling apart around our ears, and we're patient in that storm. Love is kind. Love is really love when you're kind to those who hate you. And I think that's in the Bible. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Now, for me, when I'm reading these words, I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm a little prideful. Okay, I'm a lot prideful, Mike. Mike knows me really well. I can be arrogant. Oh. Okay, well, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Hey, I like, I love the truth. I, I hate wrongdoing, so I'm there, right? Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away, but there will always be love. So how many of you guys were convicted when I read that off like me? A little conviction there? Me and Mike, we're, we're convicted. So The rest of you are perfect. That's good. It's good to be in a church that's perfect. Okay. So as we see, that's what love is. That's, what, that's how the Bible, that's how the Word of God, that's how Jesus defines what love is. It's not arrogant. It's not boastful. It loves when it's hated. Right? And so God's asking us, Jesus asking us to have that kind of love. So some of you are going, well, I, I don't have that. So I guess I need to just walk out this church. And the answer is, no, hold on. Oh, it's gone. That's where discipleship comes from. That's, that's what discipleship does. right? Jesus is concerned about love almost more than anything else. And so we should probably be concerned about love more than anything else. And how to do it and how to do it well. Everybody go to Matthew 28, 18, 20. This is our verse for, that was up on the, uh, our scripture reading, I should say. While you're doing that, I'm going to wet my whistle. 
This is right after uh, Jesus' resurrection. Jesus told uh, Mary, the Marys, to go tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee. So they made that trip. Jesus appears there, right? And, so, and, and they didn't see Jesus up to this point. And he said, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know what I, word I don't see there? Love. We don't see love there, right? But I do, if I look a little bit further, and I read into that a little bit, What's he saying? Teach them, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. What has he commanded us? Over and over and over and over and over. Love one another. Love one another as your body, as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. If you love one another, then you love me. If you love one another, then you're doing it. Right? And what kind of love? Not boastful. Not envious. Not hate-filled. All the things that 1 Corinthians 13 tells us about love. And Jesus says, go forward. Do that. So what's a disciple? Very easy. John 13, don't turn there. I'll, I'll read it. John 13, 34, 35. A new commandment I give to you that you want love one another. There we go, right? Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you... Love, if you have love for one another. So somebody is a disciple of Jesus Christ if they were called, if they responded, and that response is love. So how do you know you're a disciple? You love. You love one another. Very, very spelled out there, right? A little bit further. There's no love in this one. I, I, I'm going to give you guys a break. John 15, 16. To 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Oh, there's the love word. It's just hidden a little bit. Right, right, Steve? So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I commanded you, oh, sorry, so that you will love one another. So what's a disciple? Somebody who loves. Somebody who bears fruit. Somebody who goes forward in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, he said... Because all authority in heaven has been given to me and on earth has been given to me, go. Therefore, make disciples. So if you love me, you're, what Jesus said, you've loved me, go love. Please go love. Love one another. Dearly love. Sacrifice, sacrificial love. So what's a disciple? A disciple is somebody who loves sacrificially. With everything they have. Everything that person possesses. Everything is made at the disposal of another. Think about that for a second. I'm a landowner. I love my little 20 acres of pine trees. And Steve and I love to go to my pine trees and cut the biggest one down that we can find. And we give it away. We fill people's woodsheds up. So I'm giving my trees. Now, where I come from, the state of Nevada has one tree, and it's scared. <laughs> 
It's a desert, right? And it scared you guys. So when I first came here, I was like, baby, we gotta protect all these trees. Mind you, there's like two billion trees on my property. We gotta protect these trees. Little tiny sapling, I'm like, we gotta figure out what kind of fungus is that. We gotta figure out how to keep it from getting mistletoe. Oh, oh, I'm just stressing. John's like, you are, or Jen's like, you're a nutball. What are you doing? Because the trees, I'd never seen one before. Like, gosh, this is cool. And there's one right next to it, like 40 feet in the other. Like, wow. And then Steve comes along with his chainsaw. Hey, check this out. But then I realized that that's what God's asking me to do. Don't freak out when someone cuts your trees down. Just give it away with everything I have. And so I'm going to tell Steve, I've got four big, huge trees marked for you to fall. And I don't care which way they go. That's also love right there. Because let me tell you, I love your pastor, Steve, is awesome at preaching the word. You know what he's not awesome at? Falling trees where they need to fall. I said, Steve, don't fall it down there. It's downhill. It'll be a real nightmare. Fall it along the road. He goes, no problem. Along the road. <laughs> and love was me going, let's go get the tree, Steve. <laughs> That's what love looked like there. That was discipleship. Him and me together. Loving one another. Cutting trees. Who cares where they fall? Because we were cutting that tree so we could put it in somebody else's woodshed so they could stay warm this last winter. And guess what we're going to do this spring and fall? We're going to do the same thing. By the way, if you need wood, Micah, if you need wood, you know where to come. And we'll help you. And we'll hang out with you. And you can fall trees anywhere you want, Mike. We don't care. Right? So let's see how Jesus did this whole discipleship thing. Because he did it first. Everybody go to John 1.35. And I'm going to kind of look at my time here, make sure that I'm moving forward. But this is kind of interesting. I was looking at this today, this morning, to figure out exactly how God did this whole discipleship thing. And I, as I was reading it, some things just come popping out. Verse 35 to ver verse 37. The next day, John was standing with his two disciples... And he looked at Jesus as he, as he walked by and said, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Actually, it's, there's an exclamation point. Behold, the Lamb of God. There we go. That's better. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. There's no great message there. The, 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 John was not a big orator. He wasn't like flowery speech. He wasn't prepared. He just said, Hey, look, there goes the Lamb of God. And two guys said, Okay. And off they went. The next morning, verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. And how did Peter respond? He followed him. Oh, great. I've been looking for the Messiah for 400 years. Great. Actually, for 1,500 years, 2,000 years. Awesome. Notice Jesus didn't say one word. He didn't have to. Others spoke on his behalf. Put that note in your page for just a second. Interesting, right? Verse 44. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses and the law and also, and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Great, I'll follow him too. No, he didn't say that. He said, 
can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> what? What does that mean? I had a really cool pastor one time tell me, think of Nazareth, and if you're from Alabama, I'm sorry. <laughs> We've got some really good friends from Alabama, and they match this perfectly. Nazareth is uh, Israel's Alabama. They talk kind of funny. They smell kind of funny. I love people from Alabama, so if you're hearing me on the internet, I don't, don't send in notes to TBF. Don't write hate mail. But that, they're, they're, they were considered backwards. They were considered so country that they didn't wear shoes and, you know, all that. Kind of, actually, actually, like Eastern Washington, too. We wear sandals. <laughs> wow. There's a connection, you two. Wow. Right? Jesus and, okay, so Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Don't worry about your prejudices. Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, how, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king. And Jesus continued, because you saw me, because you heard what I saw earlier, you now believe in me. And Jesus said, come on, i got some more, way more important things to show you. I've got some things that are going to blow your mind. Okay, I paraphrase that last bit. So here we have a picture of people just saying the name Jesus Christ, and they're following him. Yeah. And then there's a little doubt. Come on, come on, come on anyway. Just, just take a look. So how do we, how should we share the gospel, you guys? The very same way. How do we make disciples? The same way. We just talk about Jesus, how awesome he is. And guess what people are going to do? They're going to respond or they're not going to respond. How's that for cool? They're going to say yes or no. Christians are kooky, which we are. So is the rest of humanity. Everybody go to Matthew 19 for just a second. This is kind of interesting. Because we're going to respond one way or the other, especially if this is the case of us. Matthew 19. Rich young ruler. One of my favorite stories. Cautionary tale. And behold, a man came to him saying, Teacher, this is verse 16. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. This is what Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbors yourself. And the young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Well, humility, but what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you, would be perfect, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and call, come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away, sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Guys, that, that's not about being rich or poor. That's about the young man's heart. It's all about his heart. And if we're not careful, 
That's the other way we, we, we say no to Jesus Christ, or people will say no to Jesus Christ, because they're so rooted and steeped in the world and the cares of the world, nor coronavirus, we're all going to die. I want a better car. I want a bigger house. And there's nothing wrong with these things, you guys. I'm not saying, I'm not poo-poo on these things. What I'm saying is when we stress over these things, when we pour ourselves into these things, when we worry about material stuff here on earth, that's the problem. See, God wants us to love with everything we are, but if we're so worried about the world, then when Jesus Christ says, come follow me, we say, well, hold on, I, I got to go bury my brother. I got to go to school first, to college. I got to get my seminary degree. I can't preach because I got to get my seminary degree. I can't serve on Wednesday night because, well, football's on Wednesday night for little guys, and that's important. It is important for football and baseball and basketball. That's very important stuff. But God says, Who do you love? Me or this world? And when you're called, are you going to answer, but wait, just a second, God? Or are you going to say, hold on, let me get my hat and coat up right there. I'm on the way. Because that really is the choice, you guys. That really is where we're at with discipleship. It begins with the calling. We're all called. You know the coolest, I was reading this thing, and, and, and when Jesus says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, where am I at here? Yeah, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that I commanded you. You know the coolest thing that I just blew my mind when I thought this? You guys might think, geez, John, your mind's a little. That doesn't intrigue me. All of us can trace our roots to that sentence. All of us were called by people. All of us were told about Jesus Christ by people. In my case, it was my grandmother who first told me about Jesus Christ. In some of your guys' case, it was a person sitting, sitting next to you in the pew. Right? But we, we can all whittle our ways down through history right to Peter or to Andrew or to Philip or to Nathaniel. Nate, yeah, Nathaniel, the, the guy that says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Sure. You did technically with Jesus Christ. Right? We can all whittle ourselves down to that. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? We have a close, personal connection to Jesus Christ. Through love, and everybody else. Because everybody there, by the way, everybody in history that would say itself all the way down to Steve, that night that Steve accepted Jesus Christ, everybody there loved. Because it's scary to, to tell somebody that Jesus loves you, right? We were talking about this in, in Sunday school for the little kids. I'm te- not little kids. The high schoolers. Sorry, high schoolers. Don't hurt me. <laughs> Tonight's going to be really tough. Anyway, I was telling them about it. It takes a lot to get out and do what God's asking you to do. Right? It takes a lot to make disciples. Because the first thing you got to do is get over the fear of rejection. Oh, they're going to think I'm weird. So when that happens, you know what Christians sound like? Sinner, repent. Jesus loves you. Ooh. <laughs> and that's, but that's, that's the fear in them. That's them busting through that fear. And it just comes off really brash. And how many of you guys know a Christian like that? How many of you guys are a Christian like that? Right? You love them so much, you want to overcome that fear. And when it bursts forward, <laughs> it loses itself in the translation just a little bit. All right, so we'll talk more about that in just a second. Actually, we'll talk about that now. <laughs> i got to keep track of my notes. Almost done, you guys. Bear with me. So the, how do we make a disciple? It first starts 
with introducing themselves, introducing them to Jesus Christ, and you're the introduction. Right? It's called the gospel, sharing the gospel. When I say that, how many of you in your heart right now, right now, don't don't raise your hand, don't incriminate yourself, but how many of you guys think to yourself, what is the gospel? How how do I share the gospel? Like, really, what is? And that's part of the, what stops us. It's the knowledge of, okay, I want to share the gospel. God says to share the gospel. It's important to share the gospel. By the way, if I don't share the gospel, that person is going to burn in fire. i got to share the gospel. So you got this, 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 this compassion, this love just burning up there, and you're going, I don't know how to share the gospel. What is the gospel? Because we forget that we don't have to be perfect, but what is that gospel? So I'm going to, I'm, this is a how-to. You ready? This is the meat. Here's the gospel. Everybody take out their thumb. I love this. Take your thumb out. This thumb represents hitchhiking. A free ride. Eternal life. A free gift. See the jump? See the jump? See it? See it? Okay. So this thumb is free gift. Six, Romans 6.23 20, says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of eternal life is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Free gift. Yeah. Uh-oh. Point out. You know what this is? This is our sin. Pointer finger points to sin. Keeps us from the free gift. Keeps us from the free gift. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can't get the free gift. We're sinners. Covered. I'm a sinner. Covered. You guys are clean. I'm a big old dirty rotten sinner. Middle finger or great finger, this is God. More importantly, this is God the Father's love for you. This is God, the Father's love for me. 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And he's like, I love you too much to, leave, to keep you from this. I love you too much to keep you divided from the sin that you are right now. So, ring finger, I'm going to give you the bridegroom. I'm going to give you Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you my only begotten son is what God says. John 3, 16, church family, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yeah. How many of you guys believe that? Raise your hands tall and proud. Guess what? Amen. You have eternal life. Because that's the ring finger now, or the little tiny pinky finger. You have to have the faith. You have to believe what we just said together. And that faith, that belief, Romans 10, 9, my favorite verse ever. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Amen. So guess what? Some of you are thinking, John, I just spent a half hour listening to this for that. I knew that. Amen. Great. Maybe one of you is going, yeah, I didn't know that. Or I did, I've heard that a bunch of times, but I haven't responded. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You get to respond today. You get to respond. If you've been putting it off, if you say, you know what, I'll do it later. I'll, I'll think about it later. Right now I don't have time. Right now I've got to wait for whatever's next after Pastor John gets done running his mouth. Nope. Don't. don't. Don't leave these doors without making a decision. By the way, that decision can be yes or no. I don't care. 
See, that's what I want to show you guys about discipleship. I'm a messenger. You're a messenger. But respond today. If you're wrapped up in the world, great. I pray for you that you won't do that anymore. But I'm not, I'm not here to save you. That's one person did that. So respond. Yes or no. Right today. Don't tell me. Don't, don't say it out loud. Respond in your mind. And if the answer is yes, welcome. If you have the faith that Jesus Christ died for you, was buried for you, and with him your sins, and he rose again on the third day, which we are going to talk about here in just a few weeks, and we're going to celebrate that, then amen, welcome to the family of God. And if you've already accepted that years ago, or yesterday, or last week, or last month, or whatever, I don't care. Guess what? Let's roll up our sleeves right now and go make disciples. I just gave you the tool, the how-to. How do you make a disciple? It starts with this. Free gift. Sin covers you. you got to get rid of it. God the Father loves you too much to leave you in your sin. He chose a way. His Son, Jesus Christ, is that way. Now believe and go forward. And then when you tell somebody that, and they go, I believe, like Simon Peter, okay, okay, let's go. Right? Then guess what? Teach them this. Or whatever, whatever mnemonic you want to use for the gospel, I don't care. The Romans Road is great. I've been teaching the youth leaders that. The, uh, the youth group is getting the, the fingers and, and, not the finger, the fingers and other things, right? Wow, sorry, Pastor Steve. Probably shouldn't let me up here a little bit more. I need more, more percolating. That's okay. That's okay. But no matter how you do it, you've got to do it in love. We go right back to that. Oh, there's that word again. Because you guys, you know what? Nobody wants to know anything you know until they know you care. That's a fact. Call it an icebreaker. Call it a conversation. I don't care what you call it, but you've got to show somebody that you care. Asking questions is the biggest way to do that. So, do you know who Jesus Christ is? No. Would you like to? Sure. Okay, great. Gospel. Know who Jesus Christ is? Yeah, they're crazy. Why do you say that? I don't really know. My mother told me that. You want to hear crazy? Sure. Okay, here's crazy. Gospel. All right? They don't want to know. But you've got to do it in love, you guys. You've got to show them in love. So you start with agapo. Agapeo. Did I say it right, Steve? You've got to welcome. You've got to welcome them. You've got to entertain a little bit, maybe, by questions and thinking and conversation and all that kind of stuff. And through that conversation, you'll show them that you're fond of them. And finally, you'll show them that you love them dearly by sharing the gospel. I care too much about you to let that gospel not at least be heard. That's what you're showing them. I care so much that I'm going to die to myself right now. My fear, the fear of rejection, the fear of you hating me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Take 1 Corinthians 13, love, and I'm going to share the gospel with you. Amen? Amen. And then after that, what do we do? After that, what does discipleship look like? Teach him how to love. How do we teach him how to love? We teach him how to love by the way we love. They'll know us by our love. That's, I think we read something like that. It doesn't matter what you do. And this is a, a, a dear, sweet brother of mine. 
His name is Al Yagi. He was an elder at the church we came from in San Diego. And this guy was a, well, he reminded, Greg and this guy would be best friends, except for they probably hate each other because they're too much alike, right? This guy was gruff sometimes. He was a, he was a, he was a, a general contractor, and man, did he run a job site with an iron fist, right? If he didn't do it his way, poof. having worked for Greg, poof. I no longer work for Greg, poof. not a contractor apparently, okay? But Al Yagi was this guy, gruff. Now, one thing he does that Al, or that one thing that Al did that, that Greg would never do, he's the constantly smoke a cigar, right? Greg would never do that, right, Greg? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good point, Steve. Good point. Right? But Al Yagi, we used to, Jennifer and I and a, and a group of other contractors used to go down to Mexico, down this little place called San Antonio de los Minas. It's right off, uh, right, Puerto Vallarta, hook a, hook a left and keep going if you're going south, right? And it's, in the, it's beautiful wine country, gorgeous Mexican wine country, right on, right on the... Uh, the Baja Peninsula, you know. And we go down there because one family said, hey, could, could you guys come build, build us a house? Sure, you could build us a house. And all these contractors descended on this poor village and these poor people and start building a house. They did what contractors do well. They built a house, right? They're, they're, they're shoveling. We put, we put in a septic tank. We put in an outhouse. Da, 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 all this stuff and just all this fury. Of and Al said, stop. What? What are you doing? Building a house. He went, you're not supposed to build a house supposed to build a relationship. You didn't tell me that. You said it's all about a house. You said build houses when you're in San Diego. Here we build relationships. And, and Al said, it doesn't matter what you do. What is important is how you do it. Do it in love. Do it in love. Love that man. He departed um, five years ago, six years ago. And, and you, know what he, you know how he died? He was moving somebody from an apartment, putting their stuff in a U-Haul truck, and he had a heart attack. And I'm telling you, he died with a smile on his face because he was doing exactly what he was always done, helping people, and he was giving out love. And, he, and Jesus called. Can you imagine that reunion between him and Jesus? Anybody else have goosebumps? Can you imagine that reunion? I know Jesus looked at him and said, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. Man. Is that how you want to die, Mike? That's how I want to die. Take me now, Lord, because I'm doing, I'm doing what you want me to do. All right. So some practical steps, and we'll get out of here. What can we do as a church family? We do Bible studies, right? We do, we do uh, potlucks. Those are awesome, right? During those things, what should you be doing? Building one another, lifting one another up, listening to problems, praying for each other, right? All that stuff that God says in his word. By the way, if you're not reading his word, you can't be equipped, Another cool saying I, I, I read this, this week that just kind of ministered to me is that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. So if you don't know how to speak, if, you, if you're afraid of public service, if you're afraid of the gospel, because you're like, John, I know you gave me the whole finger thing, but I just don't know about gospel, go serve at Awana. I say the gospel message at Awana three, four, five times a night in an hour and a half. Go serve at Awana. Some of you guys are saying, oh, I hate children. Uh-huh. So did I. So did I. I love my children. I hate yours. Ugh. But God said, nope. I'm going to change you, son. And he did. And now I serve Awana. And you know what? I love Awana. I love my 
TNTers right there. Stand up, TNTers. Be proud. I love these kids. They're rude and disgusting and little bags of snot, and I love them. I want to get close to these little guys. And I share the gospel. And guess what I'm doing right now? Last three weeks, what have we been doing, guys? We've been teaching you guys how to share the gospel, right? Amen? And they're going to proselytize their entire school. You want God out of school? Not today in Davenport, boys and girls. These little guys are going to bring the gospel in that place. Love it. Go out for coffee. Go out for coffee. Invite somebody out for coffee that you don't normally talk to. You know? Just the other day, Dan Shumway and I, I said, Dan, you want to go for a cup of coffee or Coke at the Tribute? He's like, yeah, sure. And you know what we talked about? One another. So who are you? I want to get to know him. I want to get to know him as a brother in Christ because I like him, but I don't know anything about him. And so I just ask questions, and he asks questions of me because he wants the same thing. Because guess what? He's called to make disciples too. It doesn't matter who's discipling or who's not discipling. Go! Do it. Go for coffee. Today, everybody, as soon as I get done and I say, and we pray and I say, amen, you're going to run out that door and you're going to go to lunch, right? Everybody here is going to do that. I challenge you to grab a couple, a family with you and go out to lunch. Just tell them it's Dutch. It's Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> or whatever, right? If you feel led to pay for it, pay for it. Or fight for the check. I don't give a rip, you know? That's a way to disciple today. Get to know somebody that you don't normally know. And it doesn't count Lacey's and, and Anderson's. You can't take one another to lunch. You already know each other. No cheating, Mike. Tyson. I saw that. They're like, cool. <laughs> Becky Olwan, I'm going to pick on you for just a second. She read a book. I don't know if it was a couple of months ago or not. She gave that book to Jen. It's a Christian book. It's about Christian stuff, right? We were riveted. Jen and I were riveted to, about that book. And I'll make say, hey, you might like this book. Guess what? If you read books on Christ, give them away when you're done with them. Or better yet, there's 66 books somewhere in the Bible. Why don't you read those and tell somebody how awesome the book of Job is. Do you guys know the book of Job is my second favorite book? Some of you who know me really well, what's my first favorite book? Rome, Romans, right? I love the book of Job. You know why? Because it shows how righteous and awesome God is, and it shows his sovereignty, right? I love the book of Romans because it shows me how dirty a sinner I am, but there's hope, and then, poof, act like that. Ooh, I could do that. It's a how-to book, Romans. There, I just discipled you guys. Now you go read those two books. Matter of fact, that little guy asked me, what should I read, Pastor John? I said, book of John. And you read it, right? Go do that. Just do that. Go take somebody out for coffee. Go take somebody out for lunch. Go invite somebody over to your house to break bread. Even if you suck as a cook, break bread anyway. You're going to eat dinner tonight? Grab somebody anyway. Pastor Steve and Miss Joan do that all the time. I love that about them. Especially since Miss Joan's an awesome cook and I get fat. And there's always ice cream, by the way, at their house. If you ever go to their house, now you know. Now you know. That's the secret. All right? Pastor Steve and I get together all the time to go do firewood. He helped build my yurt. Vern's not here, but Vern uh, Ross helped me build my house. If you've got a job, invite them out. Invite somebody out. And while you're doing that job, don't just think about the job. Make friends. Make disciples. Start loving on one another. Right? 
Now, I just said that, and Greg has fear in his heart. Don't tell them to come out to the building. And, right? He's like, go ahead. Pick up nails. You want to love one another right now? Everybody go out in the front of the building there and pick up nails. There's all these nails. Did you guys, did you magnet that thing yet? I still saw nails this morning. No matter how much you use a magnet, you're still going to see it. Greg's like, no, uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. Uh-uh, yeah, uh-uh. Go pick out some two-by-fours that are laying around scratch. No, don't do that because I already did that on Friday. That job's already done. My point is, if you're God's people, act like it. Let's act like it today. Let's get around one another and want to be around one another. Let's just not stampede out there. Let's hang out for a little bit and get to know one another. Mary and George Scharf, you guys are my favorite. You know why they're my favorite? Because they loved on Jen and I. George's like, what? <laughs> Sorry for waking you, sir. When we came back to town, he loved on us by letting us stay for free in his old farmhouse off of Old Cucks Road for 20 days. You got, guys, I had nowhere to go. Jen and I just got in a U-Haul, put all our stuff there, and drove on out. And when we got here, George said, yeah, you can stay there. No rules. I got, whoo, I can decorate. I can. Don't do that, young feller. But that's love, you guys. And Miss Mary gave a tour of her kitchen. And Miss Mary said, remember that, Mary? You might not remember this. Miss Mary gave a tour of her kitchen to Jen and said, that stove right there you can use. It's a wood stove. Jen are like, how do I do that? But that's how sweet. They opened up their house to us, you guys. Without, they didn't know what's from Adam. Georgia said, please come. That's love. That is love. Do that. I'm going to drop the mic. Let's go love. Before I drop the mic, hold on. Uh, the elders and I and Steve are going to do something we call the Elder Book of the Month Club. And uh, so we're, we're each going to read. Right now, we're, this month, we're going to start reading Biblical Eldership. It's a book. I can't remember the name of the title or name of the author. But, but if you want to uh, uh, Amazon it, uh, Biblical Eldership. And we are going to read that book. And then next month, the five of us, four of us, four of us, a little dyslexic when it comes to numbers. The four of us, we're going to pick somebody in here, and we're going to pass it on to you, and, and we're going to do that. That's our way to start discipleship. So we're going to equip the saints with those things. Why biblical eldership? Why not? That's just, just, just how we are, right? And then the next month, another elder is, going to, an elder is going to pick another book, and then Steve's going to pick a book, and then somebody else is going to pick another book, and we're going to just keep doing that, and we're going to pass it on to you. The fear that we all share is you guys are going to take the book and go... I'm not reading this stupid thing. Now you know where you stand. But we're going to give you the book anyway. Because we're going to love on you. Whether you accept that love, that's immaterial. We're going to love on you. So please, if you get that book, read it and start, start some kind of discipleship relationship. Uh-oh, something just changed. I must have hit this thing, sorry. Start a relationship, you guys. Start now. Start today. Start when you get a book. If, you, if you're not reading a book, get a book. If you're not in the Bible, get in the Bible and start talking about what you're reading. And there you go. God loves you. And I love you guys, too. That's why I'm up here. And you love me. That's why you're in the seats. How awesome is that? We love one another. Father, thank you for love. Lord in heaven, thank you for showing us exactly how much you love, how, how to love, how to perfectly love by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. But more importantly, Lord, you, you love us in the fact that he lives for us, God, and that, that, that you accept what he's done for us out of love. And so we come to you humbly, Lord, on our knees, just saying, show us, God. Show us more love and show us how to love, 
how, how to love unconditionally, how to give of ourselves freely, Lord. Help us to focus on you and love us with all that we love you, with all that we have and all that we are and all that we're ever going to be. And, and help us to love others just like that, Lord. Thank you, God, for being our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.